What is up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the GateSix Podcast. I'm here, Max Manis, my co-host, Nate Herman. What's going on, everyone? We're ready. You're ready. Let's do it. So, hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Gate 6 Podcast. Um, uh, Manus, or Max, how have you been in this last week? Uh, Nate, this last week has been good. I've noticed um, I was looking forward to baseball coming back for so long. Those five and a half months of the offseason are so brutal that you're like, God, I wish I was watching a baseball game right now. I totally forgot how much Yankees games affect my mood. Oh my god, I was totally agree. so miserable this week after each game of the Houston series that they got swept. It was just pathetic. I was so excited after they beat Baltimore 15-3 and Gary at three home runs, Clint at two home runs. Everyone was heading, the pitching was solid. It was like everything was wrong. I was like, all right, let's go. You know, we're ready. Houston, we're coming. And then just brutal. Um, yeah, but brutal. That's correct. Beyond that, school Passover break, spring break is coming up next week. Start very exciting. Uh, the end of next week, so they pile on all the work now. So I had a bunch of tests this week. Um, so that was not ideal, but glad it's over with. I don't have anything tomorrow, I think. And then uh, I'm a Nets fan. Obviously, less so than I'm a Yankees fan, but I follow my Nets. I try to watch all the games. Uh, and the Nets made the playoffs. I kind of wanted them to get the seven seed instead of the six seed, so that they would play Toronto instead of the Sixers. But we made the playoffs when in December we were thinking, let's go for the lottery, let's go for Zion. So I'm happy. Nate, how you doing? Uh, also, yeah, pretty busy week in terms of school. But uh, you know, I'm a big Islander fan. If you guys didn't know, and they're yeah, you are. just one, just one game one of the uh, playoffs versus the Penguins. So looking forward to that series. Um, I'm a Knicks fan, so unfortunately, it's been a uh, long uh, failure of seasons, <laughs> um, to say the least. But uh, honestly, if Knicks had been the first pick, I'd rather John Morant. That's just me. Really? I would. Yes, I would. Wow. I know. Unpopular hey. opinion. Jeez, this podcast is going to be accessible for a long time. <laughs> They're going to find this intention. You're either going to yep. look like a genius or you're going to look like, oh my God. Yep, so, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, it was on. It's like, you know, Tim Duncan, but shorter. But, or. you <laughs> <laughs> upset they took Zion? No, of course not. But, but you'd rather John Moran. I'd rather, right? yes. Um. The Giants fan in me is getting ready for the draft. I, As am I. I want them to take Haskins. I have no. I, I don't know. It looks like they're not going quarterback. If they want to trade down, no one really knows what's going on there. But still heartbroken over the Odell trade. Whatever. Yankees. Yankees. Right. Love so, Yankees. Since we recorded the last episode, obviously it's tough to be unbiased we're not going to act like right now the mood of yankee land isn't everyone's super upset but since we recorded the last podcast there was the three game series in baltimore as well as the three game series in houston so the yankees have been 500 since we last recorded the podcast so that's good i guess yeah uh but man that houston series that was killer 
It was like uh, every game is hurt more and more. I saw this stat online from uh, Talking Jake, who's a co-host of Talking Yanks, one of my favorite Yankees podcasts that I listen Great to. Guy. But, uh, he had a tweet. I can find the exact one, but um, he basically said that the reason that a lot of these losses stink so much, he thinks, is because the Yankees have had such a... Okay, here it is. Um, this was th- through the first 11 games, so this isn't counting yesterday. I don't know what yesterday's was. It was through the first 11 games, the Yankees have had a win probability of 50% or higher after the four innings, the first four innings of every game. So after the first four innings, they were 50% or higher to win. And yet they're five and six. Now they're five and seven. Um, first off, shout out. Talking Yanks, Jake, John Boy. You guys should listen to them. They're a great podcast. Great podcast. Um, but, I mean, that's really, uh, I don't want to say pathetic because, like, you lose those games. Like, it's baseball. Sometimes you think you're going to win, and you don't. But to have that many of the games that early in the year is pretty brutal. Like, one of the only things that I can, like, think about that reminds me of this is that the Giants, the, the New York Giants had, where they lost, like, six games by, like, a touchdown or less. Oh, like, tough. in the last, like, two minutes. So, obviously, this is, a, you know, I remember baseball. that. In the last two minutes, they had the leader tied, and they lost a bunch yeah, of right. games. So, obviously, this is baseball. It's a long season. But losing many games, you know, after, like, like halfway through the game, it's going to hurt a lot, especially against teams. Like, like Houston is a very good and deep team. Houston's like, the, the best team in the league. Like oh. yes, I agree. They're scary. They're they're scary. Yeah. Like uh, every hitter in the lineup, I'm I'm scared to pitch to. Um, watching, they've Verlander, Cole, um, you know, good bullpen. So yeah, but like you know, it just hurts to lose like all three games when you had a lead at one point. Well, actually, yeah, they, they had a lead in the first inning yesterday when Gardner yeah. went yard, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's in the bullpen, you know, Yankees have a great bullpen, all these household names, Green, Adovino, Britton, Chapman, but for some reason, they just aren't getting done right now. The thing about the Astros, too, is, I don't know if it was just me noticing this, it seemed like every game, it was like, obviously, they have, like, you know, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, like, all these, you know, Springer, like, these big names that it's like, okay, when that guy comes up, it's like, I'm scared of that guy, it seemed like... The knockout blow, or at least a big hit in one of the games, was always delivered by Robinson Chirinos had the two-run yep, double four. Yep. It was Guriel or Marisnik or, um, oh, Michael Brentley. Uh, those games, I thought the first two games, I was feeling so confident. Game one, Tanaka Verlander was supposed to be such a great hitter's duel. We get to Verlander early. They yep, did everything they had to do that game. They got to Verlander early. They scored off them. They got three runs. They knocked out before he could get deep into the game. Verlander could throw 120 pitches whenever he wants. They didn't give him the chance to do it. Tanaka gave up one bad splitter to uh, Altuve. That was hit 450 feet. Beyond that, he was good. Boone managed the bullpen well. Yes, I agree with that. Boone gets a ton of criticism. Some of it is warranted. A ton of it is unwarranted, in my opinion. Boone managed the bullpen well in that game. Tanaka was clearly losing it. People say, oh, he had 70, whatever, 74 pitches, I think it was. Yes, but the eye test could show you he was done. He 
bare, he really struggled to make it out of the, um, what was it, the sixth? I think it was the sixth was his last inning. Yes, and then yes. Everyone was like, oh, man, I can't believe Britain blew it. Why did you go to Britain there? How many times have we criticized Boone for saying, oh, my God, you have, tar- you have a Britain in the bullpen. Why would you go to Tarpley or Holder or Canely? Boone had every reason to have faith in Britain there. And he brought him in, and, you know, he got two outs, and he gave up the double. Those things happen. Pitchers have bad days. Adovino then came in. He's looked great. No one's going to dispute putting Adovino in the game. He's been incredibly effective. You know, Correa has that little bloop single that, you know, scores the run. That At first, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe Greg Bird misplayed that that badly. Watching the replay, the ball, it bounced at a perfect or imperfect, depending on how you look at it, angle. It couldn't really, you couldn't really make a play on it. You could have maybe gotten the out of first, but that run didn't even score, so it didn't even matter. But it just seems like, the Yankees aren't getting blown out. They're losing these games in like these little annoying ways, and it's just so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, also back to like your point about Boone. As a manager, like like you can't control some things. You can control like you know who's starting, who you put in, but like you've no control over if the guy hits a home run or strikes out or whatever gets on base. So I mean, Boone, I thought I agree with you. Made a great move from Britain in. As, as Tanaka did start to look fatigued and not as sharp as in the first five innings or six innings. Um, so I think Boone played that perfectly. Sometimes mm-hmm. things happen, you know. Yanks aren't going to win every game. And Boone, I think, did, every, did everything to put the Yankees in a good spot. Just the players couldn't execute. Yeah. And, um, I mean, look, the bullpen is this team's, you know, strongest the strongest part of this team is the bullpen, I believe. that The lineup is great. I think the rotation is better than a lot of people. A lot of people like to pretend like the Yankees have one of the more pathetic rotations in the league with which Severino out. That argument gets a lot stronger, and we'll get to that later on Severino's injury, but or his new injury that's going to keep him out even longer than anticipated. But look, Tanaka, when he's on, is great. Paxton, when he's on, he had a no-hitter last year, and he's looked, right. he's been up and down. I still... I mean, there are people who are writing him off as Sonny Gray. There are people who are writing him off as Sonny Gray this offseason, which was absolutely ridiculous. Paxton was a great pitcher. The Yankees got him for Justice Sheffield and a couple other prospects. I was very happy with the deal. Yeah, it was a good trade. Still very happy with that trade, regardless of... Look, you're playing the Astros. They have one of, I think, arguably the best lineup in baseball. You're going to give up runs. That was... He had one bad outing, and if you're going to have a bad outing and you have it against the Astros, that's uh, understandable. But the bullpen is what's concerning me right now because Day Batansis is the guy they need back. He tried to rush back, but I mean, and he got hurt, but they need, and it's unclear, I guess, when he's going to come back. We keep hearing all these different reports, but they need him back soon. Yeah. I mean, Batansis, in my opinion, when he's on, he's one of the best relievers in the game. No question. Like maybe Josh Hader is better than Mm -hmm. Josh Hader's insane. Um, um, but Batanz is definitely like a top three reliever when he's on and confident. So the Yankees, if they can have that guy who can pitch an inning and, you, and you're confident that he's going to get three outs, no problem. Right now, the Yankees are in, in need of that, for sure. And it's, and it's showing um, every game, almost, or most games. So, Nate, do you want to go through the bullpen right now? And talk about how much confidence we have in each of the relievers. We could go like a, a percentage. 
Yeah, I'm down with that. All right, let's see. Let me pull up. I'm on a reference. roster. Okay. Um, I'm going to go alphabetically for relievers. Okay, Zach Br- by last name. Zach Britton. What percentage are you at? Zach Britton uh, had that bat outing in Houston. Still off confidence. 85. He's a great pitcher. 80. All right. I would have him at 70. I 70. think. Like, if I put Zach Britton, I mean, like, this scale is totally arbitrary. So, what's what's 70 to me could be what's 85 to you. But I'm thinking of this as, like, if I get Zach Britton in a game, how confident am I that he's not going to blow it? I would say I'm 70-75 on that right now. Luis Sessa, oddly enough, I'm at, like, 85% on him right now. Yeah, Sessa's been great. He's done. Big surprise for the Yankees. So... I don't want to say, you know, I trust him completely just yet because we've seen him look right before and then immediately he turns into that guy who can't get an out. But he looked great in spring training and I was skeptical about him. He's been really good in the season so far and I got to give him credit for that. I'm at 85 on Sessa. Where are you at? Sessa, I'm going to go 80 just because, like, you know, he's obviously small sample size. We're bringing yeah, some more experience. Um, Chapman. Chapman's a tough one because he's been effective enough so far. Like, yep. has he blown any save? Yeah, he blew one against Detroit. Detroit, I think, right? Am I? I think that's the only save he's blown. I think you're right. Which yeah, it's kind of like you know, like a trick question. So he's like, been effective, but he's not hitting 103 on the radar gun like we're used to. He's no, barely he's, he's not. 100. Yeah, I mean, like, he's given a lot of runs in, like, you know, like, three nothing games and three one games. So, yeah. I think he's still won the game, but he hasn't looked like his usual self. Yeah, he hasn't so, looked like his usual So, so but, but say it's, like, a 2-1 game. I think he's up in ninth. I'm going, like, 70% for him just because he hasn't I, yeah. got, got I his fastball 70, yet. Back yet. I think 70 is a good number for Chapman. Um... I'm more confident in Britain than I am tonight. Yeah, I said 70, 75 for Britain. I think I'm about as confident as Britain in Britain as I am in Chapman right now. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, that's. Can you imagine if I told you three weeks ago that on April 11th, Luis Sessa is going to be the most confident I have in a reliever <laughs> out of him, Britain, and Chapman? I would. I don't, know, I, I don't know how I would respond to that. I mean, yeah, man. Um, Chad Green, where oh are you at? Green has not looked good this year so far, to say the least. Yeah. Um, he's obviously great. I love him. I'm going, like, 55 just because he's had some yeah. rough patches so far. I would go with 65 just because I still, like, if this was if this was 2018 and Green had looked like this so far, I think I would be at, like, 40. But because he had only had that one breakout season under his belt, since we've now seen him do it for two years, and 2018 wasn't as good as 2017 was for him, but that's, you know, he was still very effective in 2018. Yeah. I I think I'm at like 65 on him just because I still think, like, I'm not ready to... Because like up. 50, I guess, is the point where you say like, okay, if, I, if this guy comes into the game, I think like that's the border for do I think he's going to hold the lead or not. Right, right. Um... I think Green's at, like, 65 for me right now, I think. I'm confident that he's going to get the outs, but then again, he had – gave up. I mean, that game where he stayed in, look, I'm not a Boone basher. I can't stand the people who blame Boone for everything. 
Boone should not have left Green in. In that yeah, game. That was, I agree. That was, I don't remember who was, was it that he gave up the, the double. Oh, Springer. Yeah, yeah, Because Tony Kemp was hitting ninth. And when you're Tony, when, no disrespect to Tony Kemp, he's better at baseball than I'll ever be at baseball. But if you're struggling to, if you're Chad Green and you're struggling to throw strikes to Tony Kemp, I don't know how you leave that guy into base, George Springer. Right, yeah, that, so that's that. a big skill gap there. Obviously, and then yeah. right after Caps that, he pulled him in. They didn't even have anyone up in the bullpen either. That was ridiculous. Anybody who was watching that game could tell you the green didn't have it that night. Yeah, um, sure. But, yeah, I'm still – and the only other, I think, really bad outing he had was he gave up that home run to the to Gordon Beckham on the Tigers. But oh, Tigers, you know, right, yeah. One home run, you can't really do anything about that. I think I'm at 65. I trust him enough, but he's got a ways to go. I've there's little to no doubt in my mind that Chad Green will come back. Oh yeah, totally. This yeah, totally, totally. Um, you want to do Joe Harvey? Uh, sure. Uh, he looked pretty good uh, last. <laughs> I night. didn't get to watch a ton. I didn't get so I watched. I think I watched all of the first two games. I watched like a, so. I had a baseball game last night for. Your Heschel Heat, which are three and zero on the season thus far. Oh, uh, how did how did you guys do last night? We, last night we beat North Shore nine three. Good work. Nine three. Uh, got back very late because so the game started on the bus ride back, but like there wasn't great Wi-Fi, so we couldn't really watch a ton of it. The, you know the stream was buffering a little bit. Um, but I watched that. I missed Gardner's leadoff home run because that was as we were getting onto the bus, and then. Uh, I saw like the first two or three innings, and then I didn't I didn't watch anything until I got on my phone. Is also broken and being repaired right now. That's a whole separate issue. Um, so I couldn't follow the game until I got home at like nine twenty. Uh, and at that point, I had I had a math test that I had to study for, so I was periodically checking in on the game uh, and on Twitter. And everyone was just saying, "Hey, this Joe Harvey guy, he looks solid so far." Yeah, he, um, he looked pretty good. He was, you know, probably the best uh, reliever in that game uh, to come in. Um, in terms of percentages, obviously very small sample size yeah. here. So, like, if it's a 2-1 game, I, I don't want him in. Yeah, no. Just because, if, you know. If Joe Harvey hard. gets called into the game before Adam Adovino or uh, <laughs> Zach Britton at this point, um, yeah. that's concerning. Yes. Okay. Then that guy, I think Boone made a mistake. Yeah. Um, do you have a number? Um, I'm going like 43. 43, that's very specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking more like 60, maybe oh, like wow. 65. And then again, that's like right below where I have green. So I guess maybe 50. I think 50 is a good number. Uh, 50. just because of small sample size. Um, yeah, for sure. Seems like, uh. Cool dude. He seemed like apparently he was like a static that he made his debut. I saw on his Instagram story. He posted like a picture of the stadium and the caption was just like, that was awesome or something like that. Which I mean, <laughs> I was excited. That's pretty cool. Um, Holder, where are you at on Jonathan Holder? Um, also a shaky start. I'm a bit too I, fat. They've all had a shaky start. So, but Holder is, he was very good last year. I'm still confident in him. I'm going 70. I, um, I like Holder. I think he's effective. He's had his good times and his bad times this year. I think he's been the first guy that 
Boone turns to a little too often. Mm. Like, if it's, I don't want to see Holder, Canely, or Tarpley warming up in any game that we're up or down by anything fewer than three runs, I think. Yes, to go to your your main guys, and I think Boone has been a little too reliant on Holder so far. Um, I liked Holder a lot coming into this year. I had a big debate with a friend of mine who said that he trusts Canely more than he trusts Holder right now. He said that like two or three weeks ago, and I totally disagreed. I said, I said, how can you trust Canely just because he's done it in the past? Because last year was pathetic for him, and yeah, that was not good. Holder had a breakout season, and he said, I know, but Canely's been better in the past, and I said. But if you're basing it off of last season, you know, Canely's... I said neither of them are too proven yet, so it's kind of it's kind of up in the air. But I think now it's closer to them being even than it was. Like a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago, I was so confident it was Jonathan Holder. Now it's like basically... Up for grabs almost. Um, I think I'm at like 60 with Holder. Um, I like him. I think he's a good pitcher. He's not the guy I want to see Boone going to right now in close games. And who else we got? Got Canley. Right, Tiny Canley. Right into Canley. Um, like I said, basically the same as what I'm with Holder right now. I think 50. I think 50 is a 50 to 60. Did I say 50 or 60 for Holder? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, somewhere between there. All right. I think 50 to 60 is a good place to put both Holder and Canley. I'm confident. Uh, I'm not gonna say that I'm confident in them. If one of them goes out there, I'm not like, all right, there's the game. What what's that? What's that guy doing out there? <laughs> you like, get. Uh, and, um, I he's the, you know those aren't the guys right now. I want to see out there in a two run game. It's very yeah. possible that you talk to me in a month and I'm like, yep, Tommy Kane, like very comfortable with that guy out there. Right now, I'm not there with him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think like sixties, a good place to put Holder. I mean, Kane excuse me for now. Um, it's also, you know, also only like, what is it, 12 games into the year, 11 games into the year, 12 games into the year. So, but yeah, Canely was hurt last year, so it's kind of hard to judge him off that. But, um, so far this year, as you said, like, you know, if he comes in, I'm, I'm not saying the game's over, we lost, but I'm also not saying I'm confident in him getting three outs right now. So yeah, I, th- I think 60 is where I'm putting in Canely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ottavino. I know some people lost a bit of faith in him after he had that bad outing against Houston. I think I'm at 90 with Ottavino. I, I, I'm totally with you. His stuff is just too nasty to, to not be confident in him. I mean, <laughs> it's like a wiffle ball, this thing. It just flies over the plate. I don't know how you even see the ball. So, 93, I'll go with him just because he's potential to strike, you know, three guys out, middle of the order, no problem. Yeah, so. absolutely. If Ottavino's coming into a game, like if if we're up one run against Boston in the eighth inning, and I don't know, uh, like Bogarts is a leadoff double, or I don't even know who their nine hitter is, but if their nine hitter hits a leadoff double and we need someone to come in to face, you know, Betts and JD, I'm like, all right, I, until Batances is back, which is right, big, soon. a big caveat. Uh, Adovino is my guy. As soon as Batansis gets back, that's my guy. I love Batansis. Um, yeah, I'm at 90 with Adovino. Uh, last reliever, Tarpley. Tarpley. Um, also, not huge sample size from him. Yeah. Um, 
I think like Tarpley, Holder, and Canely. I know we grouped them together before. I think those three are like basically even. Yeah, I think they're in the same like you know like group category. Yeah. I want to put them in as like kind of like yeah, kind of like the young kids who you know we're getting a chance. You know, don't know much about them yet, um, but hopefully they develop into some good relievers. Yeah. Well, Canley Canley's four years older than. Tarpley and Holder, but he's also been he's been in the league longer. Right, yeah, uh, Kenley's twenty nine, but he also hasn't been a Yankee for that long. So that's right. Um, where are you at with Tarpley? Um, like fifty with him. I obviously don't want to see him unless it's either a blowout on either side, not a blowout, but like you know five or more run game. I was I I'll be fine with him in, but I think with Tarpley and you know especially Tarpley and like Harvey. It's, it has to be like a pretty short leash. Yeah. Um, especially if, if Yankees are up, you don't want it to get to like, you know, a two-run game all of a sudden, and you need to put your top guys in, and it's you know it's like five three instead of five nothing. Yeah. Um. I think I'm basically in that same fifty to sixty range with Tarpley. He's kind of in there with Holder and Canley. For now, he hasn't looked great, but he had a really good spring training. I liked what we saw from him at the end of last year. I don't think that. Any anything anybody has done yet is indic is necessarily indic other than like I don't know Judge and like oh wow I have a hot take I was gonna say Gary uh but I don't know for sure we'll get to Gary later um but uh, I don't think anything anybody has done right now like I I think there's I don't think there's more than like three guys that I could look at on the team right now and be like all right what they've done so far is completely indicative of how I feel they're gonna do at the end of the season and I have no doubt that that's, yeah, that they're going to that that's that's their exact production level. Um so yeah. Uh that's the that's relievers. Right. So I think that's we're in agreement open. that Ottavino is our top reliever right now. For sure, yeah. And then I guess it's like Britain slash Chapman. And then, um yeah, yeah. And then it's you know, and then I guess kind Sessa of... and Green and then it's like Canely. Holder, Tarpley, Canely, yeah. and then Harvey. Uh, right. I think Joe Harvey's going to be sent down. I don't know wh- how many options he has, but I think when CeCe gets back, he's going to be the guy that goes, but I could be wrong. Oh, uh, uh, CeCe, starting this Saturday, right? Against the White Sox. Starting on Saturday. I will not be able to watch, unfortunately, due to the Jewish Sabbath. But Sabbath. Uh, glad he's back. So that leads into another topic we should discuss, which is the rotation. And how everyone in the rotation has looked recently. Um, obviously, CC, we have no sample size. Loisaga just got sent down, and I don't really have any strong opinions on how he looked. I think he looked solid enough, but two. I don't know if he, did he make one or two starts. I think he made two. He had two. He he won. Go one against. Uh, who was it? Was he the um, I think it was Detroit. And uh, he didn't look that bad against Houston either. He just gave up a lot of a lot of lucky. They just had a lot of lucky hits off of him. There was that one yes. play with. Um, First of all, Roman caught a terrible defensive game in the game. Yes, that, that, that was surprising. Yeah, uh, that was, was, uh, was that kind of weird. Little, that was not great. I mean, I'm a firm believer that Gary is a better defensive catcher than Roman. People can hate me as much as they want for that. I think Gary's pitch. Ro, so Gary's the knock on Gary has always been. This is going into a whole other topic, but the knock on Gary has for as long as we can remember, been his pitch blocking, and he doesn't have a single pass ball yet this season. Right, and uh, Roman has... Already has that? had a like, couple. At least two or three, yeah. And that one there's game. no disputing that 
Gary's arm is better. His pitch Ten, framing is better, sure. too. Um, and offensively, it's not even close. I think Gary's the best. I think Gary's oh, yeah. the best catcher in the league. I'm biased because I'm a Yankee fan. The only, the only thing, Gary, only person I have is Chance. Gary Gary Muto, Grandal. yeah. Give me Gary of a real Muto. Grandal, Posey. Wilson Ramos, if anyone wants to make that argument. Give me Gary overall. It's not even close for me. Yeah, uh, I would take Gary if I had to pick between all five of them. For yeah. sure. But uh, So back to starting pitching. Uh, which of our starting pitchers between... Okay, who do we have now? We have Paxton, Tanaka, Hap, and Herman. Are we in agreement that Tanaka is the one we have the most confidence in right now? Yeah, for sure. The only, only, uh, the only worry I have with him is his elbow couldn't just fly off at any yeah, moment. that's kind of an afterthought for me at this point. You know, Tanaka is not unlikely to have his one DL stint per year. Uh, right, that's true. You break I, as, as do most players. Nowadays. It's always, it's always something different for Tanaka. Um, but yeah, but I'm so confident. Uh, it's been great. The elbow thing isn't really something that's you know. You can't control it. So. Then again, like you said, it could happen any day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're both comfortable about Tanaka. Yes. Uh, happened Paxton. I'm more confident in Paxton than I am in Hap right now. Yeah, um, I'm totally I love the move when they brought back Hap, even though they gave him a lot of money. I think it was oh, yes. three years, which is pretty, you know, pretty ridiculous for a guy who, you know— it's 36 right now. Yeah, 36, yeah, yep. It's October. Um, for a guy at that stage of his career to give him three years and $50 million is, you know, it's a big move, but I like the move. He looks great. I remember um, at camp last year when uh, we found out that Hap was traded we, to the Yankees. We were both very excited. Um, yes. And he was great when he was, on the, when he was uh, traded to the Yankees last season. You know, everyone likes to think of that one playoff start against Boston, but it's I mean, going to happen. I mean, I don't know if you could say that, but it's, you know, it wasn't it's a mistake. He was, I mean, he was incredible for us in the regular season. Um, well, did, and, didn't Hap not lose a game? I don't, yeah, I don't think it was a single game that he started. Um, right, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't want to read too into him having a really bad spring training game of a lot of home runs, but it seems like it's played into this season so far, which is... Yeah, so they kind of, like, leaked over from this. I feel like for a pitcher, especially, like, the confidence level coming from spring training, but, like, you know, I they're obviously going to tell you that, you know, it's behind me, but I feel like it's still in the back of their head that they had a bad spring, especially, especially you know, facing not great hitters in, in spring training. I mean, he... So he's had two starts this season so far. He didn't pitch in the Houston series. He had two starts against Baltimore. He's 0-1 with a 6-4 ERA, 1-5-6 whip. He's only pitched 8.1 innings. He didn't qualify yeah. in either start. Um, oh, well, he got the loss. He didn't qualify for the win in either start. Uh, he pitched into the he pitched 4.0 and 4.1 innings. Six earned runs, 10 hits, and 8.1 innings. That's not what you want to see. Um, no. That's he's given up a few home runs, too, which so that's carried over from spring training. Especially now, since Severino's out, he's, you know, yeah. I think he's, like, third best pitcher in the rotation. So, you want at least, like, you know, like a 3-8 ERA would be, 3-7 would be nice for a 3, not a 6 Yeah. Um, I mean, ERA at this point of the season doesn't really mean much to me because... Yeah, it, it fluctuates, you know, every round goes up, like, you know, a thousand points. Yeah, 
I mean, at, at this point of the season, I think you could still use the eye test and say, okay, that guy looks bad because he's just giving up a lot of hard hit balls and whatnot. Um, Paxton, I don't know how to, I mean, look, I'm still very happy about the trade. I think Paxton's going to have a really good year this year. I think one of my hot takes that, I don't know if I tweeted it, but it was something posted. Like, every time that I saw a post on Instagram that was like, drop an MLB hot take for the season, I think I said, like, James Pax will finish in top 10 in the Cy Young voting or something like that. I was very confident in him, and he also has not looked great so far. His his first start against Baltimore was really good. He took the tough luck loss in that one. His second one was... Ironically, worse, and he got the win in that one just because yeah. the off much That's better that game. Works. And then this week against Houston was pathetic. Um, yeah, not not what we want to see. Yeah, I'm still pretty confident in him. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. When I'm excited, I'm still. Whenever the Yankees get a new starting pitcher, I remember the first few starts that Tanaka had. I was so excited to watch because it was like, oh my god, there's this new exciting. Th- I get a lot more excited. Overwatching new pitchers than I do new hitters. I'm still yeah, excited to yeah, watch totally. Paxton go out there on the mound and do his thing because I'm still getting to know him. Um, I'm not too concerned about him yet. Again, small sample size. But, uh, yeah, his last two starts have not been fantastic. No, not been great, you know, for sure. But he's obviously capable of great things. And that no-hitter last year with Seattle. Yep. Um, you know, he, he has a... Th- Three four eight career ERA, which is very solid, um, and he's no no young chicklet. So, <laughs> uh, young chicklet. sorry James, you're a little old now, but <laughs> I love you. Uh, um, and you know he'll bounce back. I'm not worried about him. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of negatives. Uh, let's move on to some of the positives. My guy, old Gary, Gary Sanchez, yeah, birthday bud. Yeah, he's back to his usual self. His usual self is his 2016 and 2017 self, not his 2018 self. I'm really glad to see him back. He had a three-home run game against Baltimore. He looked solid in this series. He had an RBI double against Houston. Um... I really didn't get why he didn't start game three. I get he's a catcher. You get him days off every now and then. Um, but Houston I, isn't exactly the team to give your best, one of your best players a day off. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm really happy with how he's played so far. His defense has improved so much since last season, even though it was never as bad as people made it out to be. His uh, pitch framing is up there with the best in the league. He has, I think, the best arm in the league. His pitch blocking was the issue, and he doesn't have a single pass ball yet this season. I think we mentioned that already. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, Nate, what have you thought of what you've seen from Gary so far? Obviously, very nice bounce back from that from a not good last year, to say the least. Um, good to see that three-home run game in Baltimore. Um, batting 268, which is, which is fine for me. Yeah. Gary, if, he, if he can stay over 260... Yeah. I'm not saying a word. Um, home runs, if he can get it to 30, that'd be very nice. Yeah. Um, but as of now, honestly, I probably have most confidence in Gary and through the lineup. So really? Far. Wow. Um, I mean, Judge, don't get me wrong, Judge. I love the man. He's great. But in terms of, uh, actually, hmm, let me, let me retract that. Gary's my second. My second 
uh, player I'm most confident in the lineup behind Judge. Because yeah, Judge is just outstanding. He's the man. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the man. I mean, um, Didi, who's my, who's you know the man. I love Didi. I'm, I know. It's watching that man play baseball. Uh, <laughs> it's very fun. Very fun watching Didi play baseball. No, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, the 2018 self was a fluke. The I don't really care. I said this about ERA. Too. I mean, ERA is a dumb stat in general because you know, sabermetrics old me. Um, I don't care about stats like batting average and stuff like that this yep. early in the season. Um, he's slugging 7.32. His OPS is 1.065, which is great. Incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's. I just hope, man. He had he had multiple injury issues last year, and then he had surgery this off season. Gary Sanchez getting hurt would be one of the worst possible things that could happen. Yeah, right now because the lineup yep. is already depleted enough as it is with Stanton, Andujar, Didi, and um, Hicks out. And if you're replacing Gary Sanchez with Austin Romine in that lineup, that would be really bad. Yeah, that that would hurt for sure. Especially Romine is known for his hitting. Yeah. At all. At all. Um. So, yeah, that would just look like a pretty average lineup instead of a, you know, very solid Yankee yeah. lineup we're all used to seeing. Definitely. Um. So another guy who has played very well so far, who I've always been a vocal advocate of. I like him a lot, and I've never really understood. I think a lot of the people who don't like him are people who are older and aren't as and don't realize how much this player is like basically a kid nowadays it's a lot of people who don't like you know the millennials and whatnot uh Clint Frazier uh great so far he's been great offensively his defense has been incredibly concerning he's looked uh like a huge liability out there in left field I think it's also because we're very accustomed to seeing Gardner who's one of the best left fielders in the league defensively we're so used to seeing him out there so, um, seeing Clint out there, misplaying balls, but I think he's working really hard to get better on this defense. I don't know if you saw, there was one play, I forgot if it was in the first, I think it was the second game of the Houston series, where he dove for a ball and it hit off. I think, yeah, like, it the heel of his glove. It was the tip of his glove. The heel say. of his glove. Yeah. And he immediately just like slammed the ground. Yeah, like, he, was, he was frustrated. Some people are like, oh, don't don't show emotion like that. Personally, I love that because yeah, that's shows he cares. This is a guy who cares. He wants to get better. And, you know, I get that, you know, you, you know, Aaron Judge, you're not going to see doing that. And everyone loves Aaron Judge because he's, you know, this classy, humble guy who knows his place and does his thing. But uh, I love seeing that kind of fire from Clint Frazier because this is a guy who he's come out and said, you know, I want to play 162 games in a season. I want to be the starting center fielder on the Yankees, all these things. Yeah. But look, he's got to back it up. Offensively, he's done more than enough to do that to this point. And like even on the defensive side, like on the on that diving play, he at least, you know, made an attempt at it. Didn't just let it drop for a single. So, you know, he has good hustle. Um, he, he's passing about baseball, as are, you know, basically every player in the MLB. Um, <laughs> okay. But... I hope so, right? Yeah, I, I hope so. But I mean, the fact that he's diving after balls shows that he cares about this team, cares about you know trying to like prove himself in the majors. And it, and for the Yankees, if you think about the last three seasons, they've had like some guy emerge in 2016. 20, 2016 it was Gary. Oh no, twenty seventeen it was Gary. Yeah. Twenty last well, year. Oh no, it was, it was you know, twenty sixteen. It was Gary. Twenty sixteen. Oh, it was 
Because Gary came up for like the last three months of the season. Oh, right, I just hit. I hit 20 home runs, whatever it was. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, who was who who 2017? Who emerged? Judge. Oh, fuck. Remember that guy? Who's that big man? Judge, right? <laughs> and then last year was uh, obviously Torres and Duar. So, I mean, so maybe now it's, you know, Frazier's turn to step things up as so far he has, betting 321, three home runs, 10 RBIs in eight games is going to help your case. Obviously, long way to go for Frazier, but as of now, he looks like a new baby bomber. I had a tweet from uh, my side Twitter account, which ironically has many more followers than my main Twitter account, uh, <laughs> Cards, which I use for my card collection. I had a tweet after Frazier's two-home run game. I tweeted out a picture of a couple of my autographed cards of Frazier, and I said, uh, 2019 AL Rookie of the Year, remember you heard it here first. And immediately there was a guy who commented saying, are you sure he's eligible? And I was like, I think he is. And I checked baseball reference and in 2017, he had 134 at-bats, which is four over the minimum to qualify as a rookie. So, oh, man. Clint Frazier is now winning this 2019 AL Rookie of the Year award. Sorry, Clint. First, he is most definitely not winning that award. Um, but <laughs> I'm really – I so coming into the season – I thought, like, you know, we had so many questions of how the team was going to shape up, shape up, like, oh, how's LeMahieu going to play every day? You know, how are we going to get this guy at bats? Things have a way of working themselves out. That's just an expression that, you know, people use for everything. And, you know, it usually sounds like, okay, you know, sure. Stupid, We're going to yeah. make eventually. As of right now, like, you know, suddenly we're at the point where Mike Talkman is starting, you know, once or twice a week for this team when at first we were like, how is this guy getting at bats? I wanted to say, you know, oh my gosh, when, you know, Stanton gets back and Hicks gets back, how are we going to get Frazier every day at bats? I think it's the same thing that you let play out and you let it figure itself out and eventually it's going to it's gonna happen. And if a decision has to be made, if I, I like Clint a lot, I also recognize that he, there's a chance that he could bring a lot of trade value at a certain point. And if we're that at this time true. to bring in that one pitcher, um, be it... Madison Bumgarner or a uh, who's another pitcher on a below average team that you could trade for. Um, horse bad teams. Um, I have no idea. Be it uh, a Madison Bumgarner or any other pitcher or anyone else, uh, Clint could be a guy that could bring some trade value. Um, and as of right now, I think they got to ride a top streak and let him play. As much as as much as uh, as possible, and I've just been really happy with what I've seen from him so far. What about you? Yeah, Matt? it's great. I mean, Clint, Clint's been great, uh, power wise, contact wise, whatever you need for him, he'll give it to you. Speaking of contact, Mister DJ LeMahieu is batting four ten. I mean, that is ridiculous. Who thought? That's so funny. I was funny. writing an article last week for uh, the Yankees website I write for, Unhinged Yankees, which you guys should all listen to, or not listen to, because you don't listen to websites, that's a dumb thing. <laughs> right? uh, you guys should all check out, and I wrote a piece on how uh, the new pickups, uh, LeMayhew, Adovino, and Paxton were doing, and I was looking on a few different websites for some of their stats, and I came across DJ LeMayhew's mugshot, or not mugshot is such the wrong term, that's when someone gets arrested, Hey. <laughs> Uh, headshot. Headshot. That's the word. On MLB.com, it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. 
He I looks like a 12-year-old. A friend of mine said that he looks like um, Ham Porter from The Sandlot if he lost a lot of weight, which is also a really good call. His his uh, headshot is just so Oh, you're, you're right. You're, right. You're pretty right. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he looks like I see it. Yeah, yeah, he looks pretty young. <laughs> but he's 30. Wow, I thought he was younger. He's 30. He'll his be... neck also looks like gigantic in that photo. He's Chris Bosh, but 12 years old, basically. <laughs> he's Chris Bosh. <laughs> uh, shout out Dwayne Wade, by the way. Shout out Dwayne Wade. Shout out Chris Bosh. Shout out DJ uh, Lemayer. If you're listening. If DJ Lemayer happens to be listening, please come on the pod anytime. We'd love to have you. You're welcome. So is any Yankee. Or any player. Uh, uh, okay. Injuries. The Yankees have a lot of those. Indeed. Uh, it would not be worth our time to go through all 11 players and talk about when they're all going to get back, but let's talk about a couple. Obviously, big injury news this week, Luis Severino. Uh, played two, totally separate from the first injury. Really not good. Going to be out until, it seems, around the All-Star break, potentially late June. Shut down for six weeks from all baseball activities. Oh, this team cannot catch a break with the injuries. I know. I mean, Severino is down a pitcher. Love him. And, like, six weeks is probably about, about, like, 35, 36 games. So that's, like, you know, six, seven starts he would make. That, that, that's going to hurt and the then, Yankees. Well, they're shutting him down for six weeks, and then after right, that, that's not guaranteed comes back. Rehab, right? He still has to rehab and probably has to redo parts of spring training that he didn't get. Yeah, for sure, yeah. That's probably looking at like you know maybe eight, nine weeks, maybe even ten. Yeah, I think so, he also. Obviously, we can't assume anything. For all we know, he's back in September. Uh, at this point, right. thinking All Star break for Sevy. I think. I think he and Didi are going to get back around the All Star break, and that's going to give this team a big boost. For sure. Uh, yeah. Of the guys who are coming back sooner, I think. Um, we really need Stanton back. I know a lot of a lot of people were knocking Stanton because he hadn't come. Because oh man, in those first four games of the season, he was pathetic. That's a that's a great way to represent <laughs> yeah. what he do for the whole season. Man, he couldn't hit on on March thirty first. Man, what a loser. Um, yeah, <laughs> people got on Stanton way too fast. Uh, the lineup isn't the same without him, and the team really needs his bat back in the lineup. Same goes for. Andujar, uh, we ha- which I mean, I, I like it seems like he's making progress, but surgery is still in play, which is not good. Uh, really, not be good. Um, yeah, and then uh, I'll Hicks. Hicks and Batansis should be coming back. I think sometime in early to mid May. Uh, yep, May sounds about right. CC's back this Saturday, like we said. Yeah, See the old man pitch one more year. He needs needs their injured players back badly. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying like you know he won the MVP on the Marlins a couple of years ago. So I mean, you can't really obviously judge off his what he's played like four or five games. Yeah. Um, you know he has potential to be great, which he's shown in the past. You know most players some start off cold. It's just just how things work, kind of. You know it's early in the year. You gotta get in the swing of things, back in routine. So. Once Stanton comes back, I think the Yankees he obviously would be a huge addition to the lineup. I mean, there's no question about that. Hitting behind Judge or Gary, it's just just one more threat for the pitcher. Definitely. 
Um, yeah, I think um, I think if the Red Sox were if the Red Sox were even above five hundred right now, I think. Look, Yankee Yankees Twitter is not a pleasant place to be right now. If the Red Sox were eight and four right now, and the as the Yankees were five and seven, I do not want to imagine some of those stuff. Oh God! Um, I'm really glad that the Red Sox. I mean, it's I'm I'm happy when the Red Sox struggle in general, but I'm especially glad now struggling because that would have been wild. I'm trying to see if I can go to the Yankees Red Sox game a week from today with oh, uh, family of mine who's in town from Israel for Pesach. But still remains to be seen. So, the upcoming schedule, the Yankees have, let's see, I think it's three against the White Sox. And then... Then it's Kansas City, I believe, right? Or is it Red Sox, the two games, right? You have three against... Let me see the whole schedule. They have three against the White Sox. Day off. Two against Boston. And then... Four against Kansas City. They have a four-game set against Kansas City before they have a road trip to the West Coast. Um, we don't know when we're recording the next episode, but if the Yankees could beat a bad team, that would be nice because they haven't really proven that they can do that consistently at the season. So nice. If they could beat White Sox, that would be ideal. Um, and then the Red Sox series, that is... Um, it's going to be, it's, I don't want to say a big test, which is crazy, because obviously it's a big test, the Red Sox, but at the same time, like, they're 3-9, and nine. it's not going to, I don't think this, I could be wrong, I don't think the series is going to have the same gusto that a Yankees-Red Sox series usually brings, that everyone's so excited, you know, like, rah-rah, beat them up, I think, yeah, by the right. time we get to August or July, we'll be like, okay, let's go, we're in go mode, as of right now, I think, also partially because it's only a two-game series, uh, I don't think it's going to have that same... I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be very excited to play the Red Sox and hopefully beat them. But um, with both of the teams struggling out of the game, I think the series could have had a lot more anticipation leading up to it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, you know, um, especially the Yankees have, and Red Sox have such high expectations for this year. And it's kind of disappointing so far to see them struggle, both the teams. So fans aren't as into it as they would be maybe if the Yankees were 8-4 and four and Red Sox were... Also eight and four, or you know, yeah. nine and three. So, I mean, it's it's natural though. I I feel like I'll be you know Red Sox Yankees one one and two, you know whoever. Then uh, Rays, Toronto Orioles. Obviously, right now it's not looking that way, but I think that's how it'll shape out. And in just in August, I, it's gonna be the heated Yankees Red Sox. You know, th- three game set that we all. We all love and know. There is little to no doubt in my mind that when you and I leave for Naala, which is Yavna's, the camp we go to, is uh, Israel trip, which is in late June, that by the time you and I leave for that, there's little to no doubt in my mind that the Yankees and Red Sox are going to be battling for 1-2 in the division. I, uh, sure, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no way Tembe keeps up this 10-3 I like the Lays, and I think they're going to put together a good year and could compete for a wild-card spot. I don't think there's any chance they win the division. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I think they could even finish out of Boston, but we'll see. Uh, or us. Uh, yeah, Nate, you got anything else? Oh, yeah. So uh, I was talking to you uh, yesterday about this, an idea I'm going to bring to the table. 
So let's say um, it, it's, it's yesterday's game, and pitching is Herman Oluwaziga, and and, to, and today or the, or the day after they have an, they're not they have an off day, and you're placing a very good Houston team. Mm-hmm. So why don't you bullpen, get all your guys next day uh, day off, and see how it goes? Because honestly, I'd rather Adavino, Green, Britton, Holder, Chapman, all those guys, than than Herman Oluwaziga. So uh, like you know against against a good Houston team, um, I, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. The only thing I I would say is if you know like in the series the bullpen has been used greatly, and all, yeah. of course the whole season. But you know let's say they're coming off a day off or they have a day off in the next day, I, I say give it a shot against a good team like Houston or the Boston or someone like that. Well, yeah, you basically read my mind. I was gonna say that the bullpen was already incredibly taxed from that series. I think. Britain, Green out of, you know, a bunch of guys probably wouldn't have been able to go more than, like, an inning each. I think yeah. if they were to do something like, uh, I don't know, Green for the first inning and then have Loisaga go three innings or Herman go three innings so that they do that thing where he doesn't face the order a second time, which may, I love the opener strategy for a lot of teams. I don't think the Yankees are best equipped for it. Um, I could see them utilizing it down the road. I think... With everyone hurt at this point, I don't know. Like, I think if you had Batantis in the bullpen, I think that might like that would make it a lot more of a possibility. Right. Um, yeah. I as can of see right that. now, like, look, if Aaron Boone wants to go for it for a game, I think it's uh, if he wants, you know, have an opener once or twice a month. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's go full bullpen day. Um, but I think. Like teams like the Rays that have scheduled bullpen days where they say, okay, you know, X pitcher starting this game, Y pitcher starting this game, we're bringing in this pitcher for the next three innings, and then we'll go to this guy. These are the set pitchers we're going to use today. I don't think the, like, because the thing is that everyone in the Yankees bullpen, like, no one has a set inning really, but yeah. at the same time, like, I wouldn't want to see Adovino out there in the fourth innings. Right. I, I want him to attempt the race. Yeah, for sure. So, um, like I think it's a possibility. I don't think it. I don't think the Yankees learned themselves best to the opener strategy for now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like a couple times a month would be good. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying like every five days like the Rays do. At least did last year. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. like you know, every couple. Give it a try. Try it out. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, look, if the Yankees, if the Yankees try for five games and go four and one, I'll be like, all right, let's do this. Uh, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Thank you. Another reminder, we have a giveaway posted on our Twitter page, at Gate6Podcast. We're giving away a Masahiro Tanaka uh, game-used jersey card. Uh, You just have to retweet, follow the at Gate6Podcast, and comment with a suggestion for the podcast and tag two fellow Yankees fans. Um... My Twitter is at MaxManusSaber, S-A-B-R, because that's a web, that's an organization that I've been affiliated with for a long time. Love Saber. Nate, you want to drop your Twitter? At Nate, age 27, soon to be 28 in the fall. Soon to be 28. Uh, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Let's go Yankees. Go Yankees, boys.